When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Lightning Round Podcast. Jamie did his solo podcast. I did my solo podcast yesterday. Here we are together. Jamie in a quiet spot in his car. Just to jump in here for a quick little recap of what's going on uh, during the free agency period. Uh, we covered Easton Stick yesterday and then not coming to terms with Donald Parham or Braden Fajoko. But they did make a signing late yesterday, and it is linebacker Eric Kendricks. And uh, just so we're going to give some uh, background on some of these moves, uh, some moves they were trying to do in free agency something they may do tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into all that. So let's let's start with what happened yesterday. And they started by going to Bobby Wagner. And they wanted uh, to sign Bobby Wagner first. Uh, they went to him, and he wanted $8.5 per year. And the Chargers passed. It was just too rich for him or for the team. And they decided to go off of Bobby Wagner and then pivot on to another veteran linebacker, which is Eric Kendricks. Uh, Kendricks wanted $7 million to start. They kind of went back and forth. They landed somewhere just over $6.5 per year, which is pretty close. Obviously, being a hometown kid here in L.A. with uh, Eric Kendricks uh, kind of helped make the deal go forward. So 
Uh, we know that uh, Eric they signed Eric Hendricks. It's two years. It's just over six and a half million per year. Yeah, so this is a move I think that is really geared towards helping to fix the run defense as much as anything. Um, mm, I was going to get to that. Yeah, I saw some numbers on Twitter um, yesterday. I think he's his average depth of tackle is right around three yards from the line of scrimmage, whereas Tranquil's was like closer to six, I think. So uh, he's making plays closer to the line of scrimmage. I think that speaks to his instincts, uh, his mm -hmm. ability to read his keys and get downhill. Uh, and I think he's really good when he can come straight downhill and fill a gap and make a tackle, uh, which is something the Chargers have honestly struggled with mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of years. So in that respect, I think it's a good move. I think when you're talking about Wagner versus Kendricks, you know, you're talking about a pair of, you know, aging linebackers, guys who you had to figure were going to be taking some kind of a pay cut. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like Kendricks was maybe a little bit more realistic about where he was in the marketplace than there <laughs> was. Yeah. Um, after, especially considering Wagner was cut last off season, signed that big deal with the Rams, got cut this off season, you know, that should start to tell you something about how the market values, values you, but it doesn't sound like it did for Wagner. So I personally, I'm, I know there are some people in our discord who wanted them to sign Wagner. I think, you know, people get drawn to big names, um, former pro bowlers, former all pros, all that stuff is great. I'm glad they didn't break the bank for Wagner. I think they're going to get similar production out of Kendricks in the run game uh, that they would have gotten from Wagner. You get some leadership, you get a guy who's been around and played in a couple different types of defenses. I think the one question that I have about Kendricks really is the, the pass coverage. Um, actually two, he doesn't really offer much as a blitzer. Uh, now he wasn't asked to blitz much in, in uh, Minnesota, Minnesota last year. Uh, it's really not part of his game. That's something that, that drew tranquil really thrives with. Uh, thrives at so uh, I think that's at one area where you're going to see kind of a hit especially if they lose Morgan Fox in free agency as well you know they're going to have to find other ways to manufacture a pass rush um, from the interior of the defense uh, but from a from a, a leadership standpoint from a, an instinctive standpoint from a perspective of stopping the run which is something they obviously needed to fix I think this is something that should help the Chargers and I think you know the easy conclusion really is, well, now Drew Tranquil is gone. There's no way they're going to bring him back. Mm -hmm. um, and if you see early speculation on what the first year of Kendrick's deal looks like, I think uh, Daniel Popper just came out with something saying he's projecting around $4 million in the first year. Mm -hmm. That still leaves plenty of room to go out and get Drew Tranquil, who, by the way, has not signed anywhere despite all kinds of predictions I saw saying he was going to get a bag. Yeah. He was going to be gone early and he's, you know, he's deserving of this huge salary. He may have overshot his market a little bit. So mm -hmm. depending on what their initial offer to him was and, and what their efforts look like to sign him, it seems like there might still be an opportunity to bring him back. You know, I see Kendrick as a guy who raises the floor of the, the linebacker group, that veteran leader who is going to give you, you know, average to above average play and and not have those deep valleys that you get out of Kenneth Murray. <laughs> and it might still give you an opportunity to bring back Drew and continue to raise the level of the raise the ceiling of the linebacker group. Yeah, those uh dips in Kenneth Murray's production feels like hell uh <laughs> instead of valleys. <laughs> but uh that's <laughs> how so far deep it is. But uh well <laughs> let's talk about Drew in a second. But uh, first and foremost, uh, that's the same thing I was going to mention too. This helps the run game. You know, it was an area and emphasis this offseason. Uh, he is a 
Sure, tackling menace. You talked about uh, his depth of tackle. He's smart and disciplined in the run game. Uh, usually, using him as a run-stuffing linebacker on early downs makes sense. Uh, not that he can't cover, but that's obviously a concern too. Um, there's a lot of talk about him having a down year this past season. Uh, this is the one of the first years that he's been implemented into a 3-4. He's been in Zimmer's 4-3 his whole career. Um, and so it's a shift in not only his keys, but the system. And also the Vikings had a huge shakeup on the defensive side of the football in terms of coaching. So everybody un underperformed on that Minnesota defense last year. So maybe that's not Kendrick's fault. Uh, maybe learning the new system. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, he was not only a captain of the defense, but he was a captain of the locker room for Minnesota uh, before he even signed with the Chargers. I mean, Kendricks was always regarded as one of the better people in the NFL. He was, uh, I think in 2020, he was one of the man of the year's um, nominees. And so he's going to help not only the locker room, obviously uh, the community in LA being back home. So, I mean, it's it's a, a nice fit in that regard, having some veteran depth and having a, a good locker room uh presence and also he was a leader of the defense for minnesota so if drew who had the green dot uh doesn't come back kendricks can obviously uh take over as the leader of the defense at the second level so you know having that uh veteran depth is nice uh the my concerns are i mean so improving the run defense is huge that is a big big deal for this defense who really really struggled last year and in that regard it's an upgrade over drew tranquil uh, for me, uh, admittedly, I, I only got to three games last year of Eric Kendrick, so I didn't get to watch obviously seven seasons or games from here or there. But um, from what I saw, looks to me the last two years like he lost a step in coverage. Um, I felt Minnesota the last two years, though he wasn't used as a blitzer, they asked him to blitz a lot more than normal these past two seasons, maybe because they're trying to mask him a little bit uh, in his coverage. But I think the coverage skills aren't like he's washed but it does seem like one of the better coverage linebackers has lost a step or two in the last two seasons. So that, that obviously is a downside for me. And also the fact that he's 31, this is a short-term option. This is obviously not a long-term option, but to help your run defense is huge. And if they can add Drew Tranquil, uh, this obviously makes this, this linebacker group a hell of a lot better than it was last season. And uh, from what we know, there is still interest, even after the signing, as of this morning, there's still interest in signing Drew Tranquil and Trey Pipkins. Uh, they are hoping to sit tight today, and uh, they want to go after John Johnson tomorrow. The uh, safety formerly worked with Brandon Staley. Uh, he was with the Browns last year? Yes. Is that right? Browns last year. So... Right now, they're kind of just sitting tight, hoping to spend uh, spend some money on John Johnson. Hopefully, if they can uh, get into the bidding war there, well, maybe not a bidding war, but at least get in on uh, signing John Johnson. Uh, but they want to sign Drew Tranquil and Trey Pipkins uh, pretty cheap. Uh, they had mentioned that they had given Drew Tranquil a fair, a quote unquote, fair deal. I don't have the numbers on that. I didn't get a clarification on that. But what we know is they offered Drew Tranquil a deal. Drew Tranquil decided to test the market. Uh, Trey Pipkins also decided to test the market. Uh, both great moves for both guys. Uh, they're young. After their first contract, they should go out and see what the market, what their market value is. Uh, you can't blame Tranquil or Pipkins for doing that. Um, so we'll see. It looks like now we're uh, halfway through day two now here in free agency, and neither of which have even been rumored to be anywhere, or any teams haven't been really 
in on either player. So we'll see if the Chargers can maybe make those deals work, but they definitely have interest in signing those two. So the now they've signed Eric Hendricks, Drew Tranquil's out the door. Uh, definitely not true. Also something else to uh, consider, like Jamie mentioned, if it's $4 million, we don't know what Eric Kendrick's uh, cap hit is for 2023. So wh- when we get those numbers, we'll know. But what the Chargers have done is they've kept Matt Filer and Dustin Hopkins cuts in their back pocket. If they need to make some extra cap space, they can cut those two players, get some extra money if they want to make a run at another uh, player. Also, you know, we, we had talked about maybe a uh, contract restructure for J.C. Jackson. Well, unlikely, uh, definitely possible. They can get some money there. And we had talked about maybe possibly extending Michael Davis. Uh, they could save some extra money there. So there are opportunities here for the Chargers to make some more room under the cap and go after some guys that they'd like to. If, say, you know, they they sign John Johnson, don't have a ton of room, want to make some more room to sign a Drew or a Pipkins, they can do that. They can. And don't forget also the Corey Lindsley potential restructure. Oh, of course of course you know, we That's... were conservative in our numbers with that yes. i think they can i think i think he's making 11 million dollars in base salary this year i think they can they can if they want to convert almost 10 million dollars of base salary up to that much um in a restructure which yep. would save him you know 3.3 million dollars this year which is a pretty hefty number so mm-hmm. still lots of opportunities i think the filer one see a lot of people freaking out on twitter about about not having cut filer uh, I think if you're looking at it kind of analytically and seeing how they're playing their offseason out, to me, I think Filer's money is being reserved for Pipkins or possibly anybody they sign at right tackle if they decide to go that route. So mm-hmm. I think the way that this is going to play out with Filer is I think they're waiting to see what Pipkins' market looks like. And at least right now, it doesn't look like his market is you know as robust as what he probably hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. So I think because there's no guaranteed salary associated with Filer's contract this year, I think what's what happens is we're there. I think in the next couple of days, we'll probably see them resign Pipkins. That's my guess. I think that that's going to get done when it gets done. Filer goes and the money that was going to go to Filer is going to go to Pipkins. I think that's how they're playing this out. Mm-hmm. The Hopkins cut is a little bit more confusing to me because he does have guaranteed salary involved in his, his numbers this year, which means he has to be gone before the third day of the new league year. Um, I believe the, Tomorrow is the mm-hmm. first day of the new league year. It so is. they have until Friday to make a move and avoid paying him his guaranteed salary. You would think that's going to happen because they have full control of, of Cameron Dicker mm-hmm. as an ERFA. And I think they can keep him for like seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred thousand dollars this year, which is nothing. And it's a procedural move and it's something that I'm sure they're gonna do. So I'm a little surprised they haven't gotten rid of Hopkins, but I think their history with guys who they maybe think might still be able to be productive and be able to help the team, especially under Telesco has really been more about let's wait and see where we're going to spend the money before we free it up. Mm-hmm. So once they have a signing ready to go, I think you'll see those moves made. Yes. Um, and if they don't wind up re-signing Pipkins, I think Filer stays and Salier probably winds up playing right tackle right as tackle. much as I don't want that to be the situation. So mm-hmm. that's how I think those things play out. Um, and yeah, I think in, in terms of Drew Tranquil and Pipkins, you can't blame them for wanting to test their market out. I think both mm-hmm. of them are probably finding out that they're not in quite in as much demand as they thought they were. And I think the really interesting thing about this free agent period is it seems to me like the teams are really trying to establish a clear cut mid tier 
mm-hmm. for linebackers. Yep. They're doing it with linebackers and they're even doing it with edge players. All those contracts are coming in in like the six to eight million dollar range. Uh, and I think what more than likely happened, and we haven't confirmed this, but this is just me speculating and it seems to make sense to me. I think they probably offered Drew a contract very similar to what Kendricks got. Drew's testing the market. They went out and they got Kendricks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily means that Drew is gone. Um, you, you mentioned they st- they're still interested in re-signing him and he's still mm-hmm. sitting. So provided they didn't insult him with their original offer, which <laughs> hopefully they didn't, uh, it seems like there's an op- there's at least a pathway to bringing him back uh, that makes sense for both sides. So I wouldn't I wouldn't write off Drew returning, and I still think they're going to resign Pipkins. Yeah, yeah, and and what you mentioned uh, about the new league year being tomorrow that's why their wait their Chargers are hoping for a quiet day today, and because uh, John Johnson will be uh, cut tomorrow. Uh, so once he's cut, they can then jump in the pool and hopefully sign him. Uh, one other uh, free agency note. Uh, if you're part of the Discord, uh, I had mentioned uh, Oboe. Give me the help with this last name. Agnia, I think. No, no, no. Aconquo. Aconquo. Yeah. Yeah. I've been calling him Oboe, so I don't want to go and spell that. It's. There's so many O's, I just get lost in it. <laughs> so, uh, formerly the uh, Texans uh, started with edge the Rams. Rusher. With the Texans last year. Yep. Yep. Former, uh, formerly with Staley at the Rams. Then the Texans just signed with the Browns. Uh, the Chargers were hoping that he would uh, be part of the second and third tier waves of free agency, which I had mentioned on the show yesterday that they were not going to get in on that first day and start. Uh, throwing big money at a lot of players or waiting for some of these guys' value to drop a little bit and then uh, sign them a little bit later, which they did with Kendricks. Um, and so they were hoping that Oboe would drop and his value would drop a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we were texting. Jamie put it perfectly. That was wishful thinking. This is a guy on the rise. Uh, looks like he's going to be a starting edge player sooner rather than later and uh, signed a pretty good deal with the uh, Browns. Uh, Chargers couldn't get him. They wanted him as like an edge three, maybe uh, in a starting edge role once Mac uh, is out the door. So uh, a guy they were in on, but uh, weren't able to bring him in. Yeah. And he couldn't have landed in a better spot playing opposite. um, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, when you're looking at him, he's a guy who you want as an edge three, but realistically he was set up to be the wingman to a star edge player. And I think he fell in, a, in the perfect in the perfect spot for him. So, mm-hmm. really wishful thinking, thinking that he was going to sit until the second or third wave. Um, he didn't sign for that much, although the the fully guaranteed money was a little surprising because they, yeah. they guaranteed like three quarters of his of his mm-hmm. money. But, yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I I like their thinking. I like their thought process in terms of who they're looking at. He was a guy who I did not go with him as my edge player because I thought he'd be too expensive and go too soon. Mm-hmm. But he was a guy who was on my short list for edge players when we did our free agent show. I just didn't think it was realistic. Yeah, me neither. And same same thinking. Uh, I, You knew that somebody viewed him as an ascending player because he, he really was. He put a, a ton of good snaps on tape at the end of last year. And so he got he got a pretty good deal, a lot, uh, pretty good – chunk of that contract guaranteed with the Browns, which I'm sure, uh, you know, helped him make that decision and uh, chargers just couldn't get him. And we're just hoping maybe that his value would fall a little bit. Uh, so now uh, that's, that wraps up uh, kind of what happened yesterday and uh, where they were looking and kind of the path the chargers took. 
And then we find out about Austin Eckler, who uh, requested a trade yesterday. Uh, Chargers granted it today. Some backstory, uh, Austin Eckler, this offseason, him and his team told the Chargers he wanted to uh, get a pay bump more closer to his market value. They gave him until uh, noon Eastern yesterday, which was the start of free agency. That was their deadline. And if they didn't get a deal done, he was going to request a trade. And so the Chargers offered him a two-year, $14 million deal, and that is a slight pay bump, but uh, Eckler did not feel like it was fair, and so he decided to uh, request a trade, and now he's hoping that he gets traded and then also gets a more lucrative extension with his new team. Yeah, so a couple of things here. Um, one is I think you know people are freaking out about Eckler just because he's asked for a trade and just because they've given him permission to seek one doesn't necessarily mean they're going to trade him. So mm -hmm. he's not gone yet. He is still a charger. Um, two, for me, you know, he's 28 years old. Um, people are saying he doesn't have as much wear and tear, but he's not really built for the grind. Um, and we've seen that over the last couple of years where he kind of wears down towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think it's particularly smart business to throw a lucrative extension, especially past the age of 30 uh to a running back i just yeah. i just think it's smart i don't blame him for trying to to push the envelope and get an extension i think he'd be no. stupid not to yeah uh, but i think if you're looking at this big picture from eckler's point of view and from the charter's point of view i think both sides are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing eckler's pushing for a, an extension or a trade which is what you would expect him to do the chargers offered him something they thought was fair some people might th think they lowballed him you can maybe make that argument. I may not disagree with you too much, <laughs> but they, they're deciding that they don't think it's it's smart business to throw him a, a lucrative extension. And I think that's smart on their part that they're 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 playing hardball at the running back position. Um, and I think that's what exactly what they should be doing. Um, I had another thought and I lost it. Uh, what about what about value? So I haven't looked at the numbers on Austin yet i i've been seeing some rumors floated about what he might have asked for we haven't confirmed that we don't know if it's true so i'm not going to throw it out there oh uh, i meant trade value oh trade value okay yeah. gotcha um you know he's kind of a hard one to peg because he's obviously extremely talented mm -hmm. and he does a lot for this offense um but honestly a, a lot of his numbers are volume based um he gets the ball a lot because they have not had anybody else to give the ball to. <laughs> um, and the offense, I mean, he can make the argument, and I wouldn't disagree with him, that the offense runs better through him. Especially oh, absolutely. In the mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they can't do that with somebody else. And this is a similar argument to what we made when Melvin Gordon was going through a similar issue was, yes, the offense works better when they run the ball with, with Melvin Gordon early and when they feed him the ball in the red zone. But that doesn't mean they can't do the same thing with somebody else. That doesn't mean they can't assimilate that production with one or two other guys and make themselves more diverse. So I I would say, you know, in terms of trade value, he I would think he's got a year left on his contract. He's been super productive. Mm -hmm. uh, he's very visible. He's a very marketable guy. I, I think you're looking at probably a day two pick, probably third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're probably in the right range. Darren Waller just went for a third. 
um, different positions, uh, different ages. But yeah, I think uh, both sides are doing the right thing here. I think Eckler, as a running back, you have got to get the money while you can. He got his one extension. It was a pretty fair deal uh, in terms of the market then. Now in his last deal, you could argue that he probably deserves a little bit more uh, than six or maybe even seven million per year. I think the Chargers did the right thing in saying, hey, listen, you're 28. Uh, you know, the, you're going to turn into a pumpkin very soon, as we as evidence to almost every veteran running back on their second and third contract. So, you know, uh, we're willing to give you a pay bump. You want a pay bump? We'll give you one, but we're not we're not going double digits. Uh, we can, we can't afford to do that right now. Not while we're building around Justin Herbert, and we got to hand out a big contract to him coming up soon. And we're trying to go all in this year. And so, you know, uh, I think. Eckler deserves a pay bump. And I think the chargers are right in not giving him as much as he probably wants, which we don't know. Like Jamie said, we don't know what he's asked for, but we know that $7 million annually is not enough uh, in his mind and his team's mind. So yeah, I mean, I, they're both doing the right thing. You know, you hate to see Eckler go because he's, he, this team is so much better with him on the field. He is definitely a volume based running back, but as we've seen, we uh, for years, ever since Eckler's been here, it's been about RB two. Get somebody in here so that there's a one A 1A and a one B, so they can sp start to split carries a little bit more and take the load off Eckler because he just cannot. I, pound for pound, I know is his nickname, and I know he can bench and uh, he's a strong man. But when he gets on that football field, once he get towards the end of that year, he struggles to stay healthy, and um, you know I think teams will know that, and so I. A lot of people are saying, you know, first round, second round. I think that's too rich for a guy like Eckler, who has not proved that he is a he is a workhorse running back and a true RB one. I think he is a one B one A in an offense that needs a two headed monster in my mind. So, um, I, I think a third round pick makes sense. I think uh, a team like the Bears makes a ton of sense. They have a lot of money. They need a running back over David Montgomery. Uh, they need uh, and they have a lot of draft picks. So I think that makes sense. If you throw a, a third for Eckler and maybe a day three pick, like a sixth or seventh pick to sweeten the pot a little bit for the bears. I think that makes some sense. And they've got the money to throw at him and, and give him the money that he wants. Cause they, they really haven't spent a ton in free agency so far. And they've got a lot of money. Give Justin Fields more weapons in uh, Austin Eckler. I know they got DJ Moore, but putting Eckler as a safety valve, for a guy like for a guy like Justin Fields would do wonders for that offense. I would love to see him in Chicago's offense. Hate that he's leaving. I think uh, not only is he a, a real seems like a really good and fun guy, uh, but also uh, you know he's he's just been a revelation for this offense the past couple of years. And his story as a UDFA has been awesome, and he, it's impressive that he's got this far. But obviously. He wants more money than the Chargers are willing to give him, and both sides are doing the right thing here in letting them test the market because, honestly, Eckler can go out and say, well, shit, no other team's going to give me, you know, double digits. You know, maybe he goes out there and and finds out that his market is not as high as he thinks, like Drew and Pipkins are going through right now, and he comes back and goes, hey, can we maybe bump it up to eight? million per year or kind of counter offer who knows but uh yeah i think i agree with you jamie i think this is absolutely the right thing for both parties eckler deserves more money and more power to him if he can get it yeah and look uh, there's a theme here right there with some of the decisions they've made the decision they made with parham the decision they made with fehoko the decisions mm -hmm. they're making with with uh drew less so with pipkins and with eckler 
they're looking at positions that they think are not positions of extreme value, a premium positions, and they're playing hardball with some of these guys. Hey, you think you can get more? <laughs> Be my guest. Yeah, show me. Let us know what you find, and then yeah. we'll figure it out. But in the meantime, this is our number, and we don't really have a reason to change it at this point. And these are things that well-run organizations do. And I think I said it in the Discord yesterday. I think a lot of us are shocked that this is happening, not because it's the wrong approach, but because it's the thing that smart organizations do. Mm. And the Chargers have not historically been a smart organization. No. Case in point, the bag they threw at Melvin Gordon, who he decided to turn down. He, that he saved them from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, it seems like their processes are getting better internally. And that mm -hmm. that's a positive. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we're good here, Jamie. Quick little under 30 minute podcast here for you guys. Update me on everything. Uh, when we get more, I'm sure we'll jump on here and do it again. And uh, look for a cornerback and safety podcast coming in the next couple days. Uh, we're getting into the draft very soon. And make sure you subscribe on YouTube because we're dropping these videos daily, it seems like, this week. Uh, but we're dropping more videos as they come. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, join us on Discord if you want this information early. But other than that, we're done. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.